the Florida Gators are about to play their most difficult opponent on the schedule, and it's Georgia. And like I've said, it's not Georgia hate week because every week is Georgia hate week. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. About to be joined by Chris Gordy of Lockdown SEC. But first, hit the thumbs up, like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is you want to do. Join the Lockdown Gators Discord that's linked down below. But now, Chris Gordy. It is locked on crossover. Action. It is me, Brandon Olson, Locked On Gators, WNS underscore Brandon. You got Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC. Find him on Twitter at Chris Gordy. Gordy, uh, I'm going to get your your take on this first because you're the, the neutral party in this game. You don't necessarily like either of these schools, I'm assuming, or you equally don't like them. I'm assuming it's equivalent, whatever. <laughs> Gordy, going into this game, What's your biggest story for Georgia and Florida? Yeah, to me, um, and, and thank you, I try to be neutral. I don't hate anybody in the SEC. I love them equally. Um, yeah, to me, the, the storyline is, you know, what what is Georgia, right? I mean, we know that, you know, they, they bring so much back. They're the reigning national champs. Um, they look like, you know, world beaters in those first few weeks. That went over Oregon gets more and more impressive week by week as, as Oregon continues to improve and get better. Uh, dominant went over South Carolina. And then they had that two-week span where they looked like, what are you doing against Kent State? What are you doing at Missouri? Missouri, you know, you know nearly pulled that off if they, they don't, don't have that fourth quarter comeback. And then we saw kind of the resurgence of the dominant Georgia team, particularly in the second half against Auburn and then the whole game against Vandy. Um, and then they went to their bye week. So, Georgia was starting to look more like the Georgia team from earlier in the season in, in that, uh, you know, in those last two games before the bye. Uh, Florida, you know, again, it's been this up and down. What are they? You know, um, they, they they beat Eastern Washington. They beat Missouri. We start going, all right, you're four and two. You look pretty good. Here's a chance with LSU coming into your house. And again, like Jaden Daniels has the game of his life. Now, the good thing is Jaden had Daniels had his second game of his life this past week. It's Ole Miss. So maybe it's not so much Florida's that bad. You know, maybe just tell getting that good. Um, but it, it will be an interesting test this week to see, you know, that we've seen the Florida defense, like, albeit in a loss against LSU, they still scored 35 points. They were able to move the football. We know what they did against Tennessee. They lost that game in Knoxville, but they didn't quit. They didn't give up. They put up a lot of points, particularly in that second half. What can they do against this dominant Georgia team that has lost some pieces that, you know, they've had some guys in and out of the lineup with, with injuries here and there. So I'm really curious to see, uh, you know, which Anthony Richardson we get in this game. Obviously getting Osiris Torrance back is going to help 
the offensive line. They're going to have to run the ball effectively to to stay in it. Uh, and then the the flip side for me is Georgia's offense. Um, Stetson Bennett, the first few weeks of the season to me, looked like, uh, you know, I had him at the top of my Heisman list. I'm like, Stetson Bennett looks fantastic and all these weapons that he has. And then we saw, you know, he kind of became just, I don't want to say mediocre, but like he was just good, not great. And that's kind of what happened to Stetson Bennett here these last couple of weeks. So what what Bennett do we get in, in this game? Um, is it the guy that, you know, was having a rushing touchdown every week and finding his targets or is the guy that throwing a couple interceptions here, here and there, turning the ball over. So those are all kind of my questions going into this game. I understand where Vegas has the point spread for a reason, but to me, I just think on the surface as a neutral party, I think that's a lot of points. And I think Florida is, is a little bit better team than maybe people are giving them credit for right now. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I will say that Vegas and bet online. Um, I will say I don't think the spread should be as wide as it is, as wide as it is, and and we'll talk more about that when we get to predictions. Spoiler alert: It's not great, Gators fans. Um, but yeah, this is one of those teams where Georgia, like you said, looked dominant, and then had the Kent State game, which yikes, and then the Missouri game, which. Florida beat Missouri by more than Georgia beat Missouri. So transitive property, we're better. Just so you know, Georgia, uh, that, that's how we're going to go. But yeah, it's very, very confusing because both these teams have been so hot and cold. Obviously, Georgia has been way hotter than they've been cold. And Florida has been just so erratic. I don't even want to say colder than they've been hot. They're just so erratic. You legitimately never know which Gator team you're getting. You don't know which quarterback you're getting for Florida. You know it's going to be Anthony Richardson. You don't know which Anthony Richardson is going to be the good one that was having a couple Heisman moments against the Utah Utes, or is it going to be the one that looked absolutely shell-shocked the very next week against Kentucky once expectations picked up for him? And I I will say I'm glad that this is the first crossover I've done this whole year where I don't sit here and I say, the biggest story for Florida is Anthony Richardson, which I know that when we did the crossover with Eric Kane for Locked On Balls, I said every week it's going to be, which Anthony Richardson are we getting? But now it's, can this Florida Gators defense get off the field? They are the worst third down defense in the country. They are bad against the run. They're bad against the pass. And guess what? Georgia can do both of those pretty damn good. So I think when I look at this, I'm saying if Florida can get off the field, I think there are kinks in Georgia's defense's armor. I'll, I'll say that. But as far as actually getting off the field, that's got to be the biggest concern for me because I don't know if Florida can do it. The depth chart, we were recording this late Wednesday night. The depth chart came out a few hours ago. Defense didn't change. It's the same thing that we've been seeing, and myself included, Gators fans were hoping for some changes and that just didn't happen. So for me, I think it's more about can the Gators defense get off the field because they sucked again. Uh, they sucked against Tennessee at doing it. They sucked against LSU at getting off. the. They really, really sucked against LSU at getting off the field. It was just constant, constant completions and conversions and touchdowns. And it sucked, especially for me because I've spent the better part of the past three years talking about how Jaden Daniels is not that good. And then he comes out and, and has the performance that he did against Florida. And that just, that just stung. I won't apologize for what I said though. I stand by it, um, but it, it's a matter of, 
can Florida get off the field? Because Georgia, their offensive line is fantastic. They're going to punch you in the mouth. And the Gators' defensive line, to me, has been soft this whole year. So I think that's that. That's the biggest story for me is I know that Florida's offense can put up points at some point. They're going to be inconsistent with it like they were against LSU where it was like, hey, 21 points early, then we're going to go ghost until the end of the third. But can't, does that is that going to matter at all? Because if your defense can't get off the field, you might as well just not show up in Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I think you make a great point there. I can't remember a, a Florida, at least front four, you know, or, or defensive line in recent years that hasn't that that's been as inactive, I guess you would say, as as this group in in terms of getting after opposing quarterbacks and uh, stopping the run and that sort of thing. They always have some big guy up up in the middle who's able to to eat up. Uh, you know, running backs and, and help stop the run. But what's crazy when I was looking through the numbers, the fe- top, the fact that the top five tacklers on this team are nobody on the defensive line. It's all linebackers and, you know, Rashad Torrance, a safety and Trey Dean, a safety. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you got to go down to Dexter who's got a sack and a half on the year, but um, just not enough, not enough on that big def- defensive line. And again, we just become so accustomed to it from Florida every year that they got somebody who's high on, on, you know, at least a first, second, or third rounder on people's uh, draft char- draft boards that is, uh, you know, NFL scouts were looking at as as a next level pass rusher, and um, I just don't think they have that right now. And so, to me, that's that's going to be big. I mean, what kind of pressure can they get on Stetson Bennett and get in his face? And being the fifth year guy who's been there so long, he's you know he 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 uh, is so good at avoiding that pass rush and avoiding uh, the the big mistake and, and forcing uh, the ball and, and turning it over and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, to me that that's kind of one of those spots. And then, you know, I think the linebacker play has been pretty decent for Florida overall. Secondary has kind of been up and down, you know, at LSU uh, or against LSU. It felt like they let a couple of receivers get by them and uh, didn't cover very well. And of course, Jaden Daniels running ability was, was tough. Uh, Stetson Bennett is sneaky, you know, with his running ability. He picks his spots, but when he takes off, man, he can find ways to get in, particularly that red zone uh, this year. He's uh, tucked it and run it a couple times to, for rushing touchdowns this year. So just a couple things that, that Florida's going to have to keep an eye on. But, uh, yeah, man, for, for me, offensively, Florida's got to have some sustained drives and, and eat up some clock. And, you know, we can't have a lot of three and outs this week because Georgia's going to capitalize. They're going to make you pay. Yeah, I mean, when Billy Napier, Rob Sale, Patrick Tony, when they all came over uh, from Louisiana, of course, Rob Sale had a year with the Giants and then came back. Uh, when they all came over, Rob Sale said, I saw Billy Napier win some football games in that first year in Louisiana that he shouldn't have won just by controlling the clock, getting stops when you can and capitalizing on these opportunities. And I think that Florida is going to try to do the same thing. That, that's what we've been waiting to see. We've been waiting to see this offense that's going to kill clock that's going to move the ball consistently and that's going to convert those into points. And it, it hasn't happened, but now we're about to take kind of a, a step back and look more at the actual biggest matchups for this game. But first a quick word from sweat block. So I sweat a lot. We know this. I say this all the time. I'm gross. I get it. And it's really perfect for me because I live in a very humid place, if you don't know. So it's really fun that it's like I'm naturally gross and I live in a naturally humid place and I'm just naturally disgusting. My favorite. Luckily for me, though, there's sweat block and sweat block was created by a doctor 
to help with his own excessive sweating. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, and if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. You could save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available on Amazon. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Locked On Crossover Action, myself, Brandon Olson from Locked On Gators, Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC, and we're talking Florida versus Georgia, and we, we got the biggest matchups here, and we kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I think the biggest matchup for me is Georgia's offensive line against Florida's front seven. We know that the defensive line for Florida, they've been pretty soft. I've complained incessantly about how passive they've been with their hands and shedding blocks. And they seem kind of, they seem content with just getting their hands on offensive linemen or rather letting offensive linemen get their hands on them and kind of just holding it there and letting a linebacker come up and make a play or letting Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance come up and make a play. You can't do that against Georgia because they're just going to kick your, you know what, up and down the field the entire time. So I think for me, that's got to be the biggest matchup. Georgia's got one of, if not the best offensive line in the country, at least in terms of running the football. And Florida's defensive line, you look at just going left to right, really, Prince Liam and Meline, Desmond Watson, Javon Dexter, Brenton Cox Jr., none of them have really shown up with any sort of consistency this year. And that worries the hell out of me. Yeah, and it should. I mean, like Georgia's offensive line is is just, they, they've been so good. And, um, you know, to me, that it's it's one of their strengths it was one of their strengths last year they lose a couple of guys to the draft and you know in step new guys that have really picked up the slack uh Cedric Van Praan has, has been consistent there at that center spot uh Broderick Jones has been really good I know he was uh, talking with the media today about uh you know just the consistency of that group and how well they've performed um yeah I mean when you look at Stetson Bennett I think he's only been sacked what like seven times on on the year uh, Vanderbilt did get two of those, so you know, getting sacked more as of late than he was earlier in the year, uh, but only the one interception. He does have, a, I think, a couple of fumbles. He lost one against Mizzou, I remember. Um, but yeah, they just they do a good job of protecting Stetson, and and it starts with the run game for for Georgia. Um, you know, they're one of the better run run offenses in the SEC, and uh, to me, that's kind of where it starts. You want to maybe if you're Florida, try to slow down that run game and force them to throw, and then. You know, maybe you can make something happen, uh, forcing Stetson Bennett to throw it a ton. But, uh, yeah, it's and it's funny. It's not like it's been in years past where it's like, oh, Nick Chubb we got to worry about or whoever. It's it's running back by committee, and they do such a good job of it from Dejon Edwards to Kendall Milton, Kenny, Kenny McIntosh. It's just been uh, next man up, whoever wants to, to tote the rock. So they've been really good at doing that. But, again, uh, you're right. I mean, Florida's got to make something happen force a fumble or two, you know, do something, come up with some kind of big play to take that ball away from Georgia. Cause again, they just do such a good job of, of run blocking and pass protecting for us. That's a better back there. Yeah. I think uh, I I'm no genius here, but I will say if I was Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer, the co-defensive coordinator for Florida, I think my plan would be just blitz the hell out of them. And if you're going to go down, you're going to go down swinging. But but just blitz the hell out of them and hope that you can make some plays in the backfield. Send five, send six. Patrick, I don't know if you're listening to this. You're not. But I know that you love fire that you love fire zones. Do it. Send five and just, just hope for the best and hope and pray there. And I think another big matchup that I'm looking for is, I mean, it, it's Anthony Richardson here. Now, now I'll talk about Anthony Richardson where – 
it, it's Anthony Richardson against this Georgia defense where I will say this isn't an advantage by any stretch of the word, but it might be a little bit comforting that he's actually played against Georgia before. This is the only game this season where he's started against this team for the second time. He played against LSU in that second half a lot last year, but even then it, it was different coaching staff was there. Um, but now you got Georgia where this the only start he had last year. And then now you're coming out here and you're hoping for the best where last year you kind of did well. And then it went off the rails the final three minutes of the first half. But it, it's Anthony Richardson against Georgia's defense for me, at least on Florida's offensive side of the ball, where this is still a tremendously talented defense. I don't think it's as good as it was last year, but still tremendously talented. And this is this offense runs through Anthony Richardson. So he's got to be the one that, doesn't make the stupid mistake and is willing to take off and run where we've seen him be a little hesitant this year. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some great runs from, from Montreal Johnson this year, but I think this is one of the games that, you know, when we look back at Tennessee where he had the 17 rushing attempts, uh, Utah 11 rushing attempts. I think if Florida's going to have a chance in this one, this is one where Richardson's got to have double digit rushing attempts. Um, you know, we saw him with nine carries against LSU, of course, the big 81 yarder that that uh, was big that got him back into the game. Um, I'd love to see him get a little bit more consistency. Doesn't it feel like he hasn't really like still doesn't have the full chemistry with this receiving core? Like he hits Justin Shorter for the big 50 yarder against LSU. And then it's like it goes away the rest of the game. And I'm like, wait a minute. How are they on the same page there from the first drive? And then it's like, no, we're not going to go back to that at all. Um, you know, I just want to see more of that. You know, more of the big play potential uh, force Georgia to, to uh, you know, to have to cover your guys downfield and do a good job. Look, there's a big, big number 24 back there. Malachi Starks has had a fantastic freshman year. And that's a guy I want to avoid. But. Um, you know, they, they, they just lose Dan Jackson this week, uh, you know, for the season uh, with injury. And, you know, for the most part, the, the secretary has been OK with Nylon Green and uh, Keely Ringo and those guys. But uh, I think you got to take some shots. You got to test the Georgia secondary and, and find a way to uh, to keep those guys from loading up the box. Because, again, you know, if Anthony Richardson runs 10 times, but Georgia's got all these guys playing near the line of scrimmage, it's not going to you know, it's not going to be effective. It's not going to work. So I, I think, uh, you know, almost like you did against LSU, I'd come out and take a shot deep early and see what you can do and just make them have to respect um, the passing game. Because again, if, if Richardson doesn't have the passing game going this week, it's just, it's not going to lead to any success. Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up because my listeners know that every week when I talk about what Florida needs to do, I say challenge vertically. I don't need you to be successful throwing the deep ball. I just need the defense to know, hey, we're willing to uncork this thing. And I'm glad that you brought up the LSU game too because that was one of my biggest gripes with the game offensively was second play from scrimmage, first play was like a one-yard run. Second play from scrimmage is a 51-yard bomb to Justin Shorter. And then the entire rest of the game, you don't even attempt a pass 20 yards downfield. That is ridiculous to me. That is why like – People talk about Billy Napier needing to give up play calling duty and needing to bring in an offensive coordinator. I don't think he needs to do that. I think he needs to bring in a passing game coordinator to kind of help, help work this out because what he's doing now 
one, it ain't working. Like you mentioned, the, the chemistry is just not there right now between Anthony Richardson and the whole receiver room. You know, Ricky Pearsall is connected a bit. Justin Pearsall, uh, Justin Shorter is connected a bit. Xavier Henderson has caught a ton of screens for some reason. But the chemistry is not there. The consistency isn't there. The the go up and get itness isn't there when you have a six three and a six four receiver starting on the outside. You have to be willing to throw deep and challenge vertically in Florida hasn't been able to do it, and you've got to uncork the long ball. If you're going to beat Georgia, every great upset game has a couple big plays where the defense just just screwed up, and that's what this game needs to be. If you're going to have a big upset game, you need to have those couple big explosive plays. I don't care if you're doing it running the ball or throwing the ball, but if you're not even trying to do it throwing the ball, you're not going to be able to do it running the ball, and it's as simple as that for me. Yeah, and I mean, just look at the numbers. Georgia is the best team in in the SEC in stopping the run. I think they're number four in the country in, in stopping the run. And I know, you know, I said Florida's going to have to try to run the ball effectively, but like I said, that none of that means anything if you're not throwing the football. And so, you know, when I look at Georgia and you know where can they be had? Yeah, it's through that passing game. You know, that's they're so good at, at stuffing the run and coming up and slowing down the run game. You've got to be able to. Uh, be dynamic and, and balanced and and throw the football. And so, yeah, this this is a game where I uncork it. And I tell Anthony Richardson, hey, man, let it fly. Um, kind of some bonehead interceptions early in the season. Seems like he's maybe gotten away from that a little bit. So, um, yeah, this, this is a game where I, I almost look at it as David, Goli- David and Goliath. You know, if I'm Billy Napier, I'm telling Florida, look, no one's picking you to win this game. You're big underdogs. You're supposed to lose this game. Let's go be loose, man. Let's go let this thing fly and let's go, let's go try some things and see what happens. And so uh yeah, it's it's you always have a dangerous team and a team that feels like they got nothing to lose because they're supposed to lose the game. Yeah, and I, I will say this before we head to break and get to predictions. Billy Napier kind of got famous for saying scared money don't make money. Now is the time when you have to live up to that and, and just kind of say, screw it. We're going to go nuts, but we're about to talk about predictions, and I'm going to upset quite a few people. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, it's Brandon Olson from Lockdown Gators, Chris Gordy from Lockdown SEC, and we're talking predictions. Bet Online currently has this game. Georgia's favored by 22.5, which is kind of a lot. To just win money line, minus 2,500. For those of you who are not degenerates, that means in order to profit $100 on this game, you would need to bet $2,500 on Georgia winning. So um, just don't do it, by the way. Uh, but now, Chris, I feel weird calling you Chris. I always call you Gordy. Gordy, um, what's your prediction? And I'm only letting you go first because I know once I say mine, every Gators fan is just going to go, screw this guy and close it. So... Yeah, I mean, look, if I'm being objective, uh, you know, I, I went back and watched some of the game last year, 34-7. Well, to um, It was a game where a lot did not go Florida's way offensively. Granted, I think that Georgia defense was way better than this Georgia defense. Um, but I, I just think overall this Georgia defense, what they've done this year is they've still not allowed teams to score on them. Again, the most points they've given up was the Kent State-Missouri, 22 points identical in both those games. All the other opponents, it's they're holding them to ten points or less. Um, you know, can Florida find some consistency? I'll tell you this: if Florida can get to thirty points, they're in a game. You know, if they can find a way to, to put up four touchdowns at least, I think they're they're in this game close and maybe with a chance to win it. 
Um, but that said, I, I just think the the Georgia offense, look, they, they've got Darnell Washington. They've got Brock Bowers. They got Eric Gilbert involved in their last game. They're just, they have so many weapons. Lad McConkey. I feel like one of those guys is going to get loose. This might be a game where Brock Bowers has a big day. I'm going to go Georgia 34-17. I just don't think Florida's got enough offensive firepower, and I think Georgia's got too many weapons on offense, and I think that's where we are. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm similar, we'll say, uh, where I, I think Georgia's going to win this game. I think it'll be somewhere in the 35 to 21 range. I think it's going to be two touchdowns. I don't think it's going to be the 22 and a half that bet online claims. And I will be messaging bet online about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm letting them know now. Uh, but yeah, I think 35, 21 is kind of the range that I think it'll be. I think that one of the reasons that I think Georgia would score more, but isn't going to is because I do think Florida is going to try to milk the clock and kill the clock a bit because like you mentioned, and like we've mentioned earlier, this Georgia defense is not as good as it was last year. But I think the case can be had that this Georgia offense is better. I, I think that their tight end talent is insane. It, it's, I think, the best tight end room that I've ever seen, including when Iowa had Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson both starting and playing every snap. Um, I think this is this t- tight end room is just incredible. I love Florida's tight end room, but... They're obviously not as good as Georgia's. So I, I think 35-21 is the range that I'm looking for. And I I hate saying that, but I think my, my listeners know, I'm going to keep it real with you, whether we suck or not is up to the team. But I, I think 35-21 is the range. I don't think that Florida is going to be able to hit that 30 range. Um, we'll see if they do. And if they do, it's probably because either they had big plays or they gave up big plays and had plenty of opportunities in offense. But I don't think this is a game that Florida's going to win. I will say I think it's a game they could win, um, as is every game, but especially this one just because it's a rivalry game and things always get screwy in rivalries. And I'm going to hope that things get really screwy in this one, but I, I, I don't think it will happen. And don't forget, I mean, there were double-digit underdogs in Knoxville in Knoxville a few weeks ago, and they made that a game and made it close, and, I, and obviously had the ball with a chance to, to win it on a Hail Mary in the final seconds. So uh, you're right. I mean, sometimes these rivalry games play closer than they should, and again, I wouldn't be discouraged. If I'm a Gator fan, I think if you come into this game as a realist not expecting to win, the Gators give it a good hard fight, then, then I think that's something to be proud of because – I think this, Brandon, not to overlook this game, but just looking in the weeks ahead, I do think Florida's got some winnable games. Going to College Station is not a scary game anymore because of the way AM has played. Uh, South Carolina, been playing great, but you get them in your house. And that's a game I think that that's winnable. At Vandy, of course, they should win. And then at Florida State, it's kind of been a team that's looked a little bit vulnerable at times. So uh, I say all that to say, even if you lose this game and you drop to 4-4, four and four, a real good chance for the Gators to run the table the rest of the way, finish eight and four, go to a great bowl game. I keep seeing uh, some of these national predictions have them go into the Las Vegas, uh, whatever the bowl game is there. It'd be a hell of a year one uh, you know, destination for Billy Napier if he gets the Gators to Las Vegas for a bowl game. I'm sure there's going to be a few Gator fans going to that one. If they go to Vegas, it's going to be my first time going to Vegas. I'll, I'll let you know that that'll be my first trip to Vegas if they end up going there. Um, yeah. And like you said, like, I genuinely do think that every game after this, including this Georgia one, is winnable, sure. But real, more realistically, I think every game after this Georgia one is winnable. I initially, at the start of the year, said that Florida would 
beat LSU, lose to Texas A&M. Obviously, they lost to LSU. You could beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M is, one, not scary this year. They've lost on Kyle Field. They are in complete shambles right now, like with everything going on. You're the SEC host, you know, and and it's just mayhem there right now. And if it keeps happening, dope. Like I I have no problem with the Florida Gators taking advantage of that and maybe being the ones to to get the boosters to sign Jimbo's buyout. I I don't know. I, I will say that I would love to be that team that does it, but... Who knows? Anyway, this is Chris Gordy joining me for Locked On Crossover Action. Catch Chris Gordy and Locked On SEC. And uh, you're never here when I do this, but I'm going to do this now since you're here. Make your, if this isn't your first listen already, make your second listen Locked On SEC hosted by Chris Gordy. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, University of Florida, every day.